Alright, another HSS pod. I am currently in my vehicle, sitting in traffic. Decided this was a good way, good way to do this. Um, real quick thought, wanted to talk about leaning into what looks like is going to be a rebuild, whether we want it to or not. Um, I believe that we're going to be in a situation where Kemba's going to leave, um, and we're looking at basically starting over, but starting over with a lot of baggage. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a marriage ending, and uh, Kemba's leaving us, and we are the ones that don't want the relationship to end. And we're going to be the one that's going to take, you know, two years, three years, four years for us to get over this relationship because uh, we are going to be trapped with all the baggage. Uh, baggage like Nick Batum, baggage like Bismack Biumbo, baggage like Marvin Williams, and all of these horrible contracts that are going to, they're going to stop us from being able to start over effectively. Um, so that's why this draft is going to be massive. Um, I've actually started doing a little bit of the draft research. Been looking at some of my, my favorites online and seeing what they think. Uh, I don't want Brandon Clark. I don't know why this dude's got so much hype right now. Um, Brandon Clark is probably going to be a fine pro. He's probably going to be a... You know, an energy guy, a guy who comes in, gets blocks, gets rebounds. But I don't want another guy with a broken jumper. I swear to God, if we if we get somebody who can't shoot, uh, <clears throat> that's gonna that's gonna piss me off. We cannot keep doing this. We cannot keep bringing incomplete college players in to the highest level of basketball and expecting them to learn how to have a jumper. When they're 23 years old. That's the other thing with Brandon Clark. He's 23. Or he's going to be 23 before the season starts. I mean, that's... That's not old for a rookie. That's... I mean, that's... That, that's old for a third-year player. So, we're... He's not on my list. Um, I honestly think they have a good chance to maybe trade back. Because there's a lot of guys in this draft that once you get past number three or number you know, maybe maybe the top five it the level the talent level really plateaus you're not looking at guys that are can't miss prospects you're looking at guys that you know they're gonna they're, they'll be able to play but i don't know if they're going to be able to be stars so if possible maybe the hornets can trade back and maybe lose some salary maybe you go from 12 to 18 and you're still basically drafting from the same talent level of of player so because they have the that 36th pick i believe it is that is going to be they have a chance to really get two solid nba players with upside and get a uh uh either a stash guy like we did last year or you know take a flyer on somebody who's maybe a d d2 or d3 guy who's got the talent, but maybe just didn't get the, the notoriety, you know, they, so they got a chance to take, to get better and also, you know, take a swing with those picks, which is nice. 
Um, the uh, the the thing that worries me though is that they're not going to lean all the way into it. They're going to still play Batum thirty freaking minutes. They're still going to play Marvin twenty eight minutes. They're still going to hold out hope that Cody Zeller can stay healthy for an entire year. If you're going to do this, you got to go into it knowing that those guys. You might piss off a couple veterans, but if they played better, we wouldn't be in this freaking position. So. As far as I'm concerned, that's what that's going to be step one, <clears throat> is dealing with the fact that, yeah, these vets who are on big money contracts may not play a lot. They're going to have to go into a mentor role. They're going to have to go into an off-the-bench role or a towel-waving role. They're going to have to go into something because I, I don't think there's a place for these guys to, to play major minutes. And if... If they're if it doesn't set well with them, well then they're gonna have to live with it. They're still getting paid. Um, but if you if you add that group, if you add the three, you know, two let's say two solid players and one guy that maybe probably probably gonna spend some time down in Greensboro, to the four young guys we have now, that's uh, six young guys. That's half your roster on rookie contracts. That's how you start a rebuild. But you gotta let those guys run. You gotta let them figure it out. You gotta be playing Miles 32 minutes a, a night. You gotta play Bacon 30 minutes a night. Uh, you definitely gotta play Monk and find out if he is anything. Because this is his last year for me. He's gonna be, you know, he's 21. He's gonna be 21 years old. This is this is your prove it year, young man. If you don't prove it now, you're gone. Because he starts to get, you know, every year those rookie contracts go up. And you're going to have to make room for more guys. If he's taking up a roster spot and you got an opportunity to, to, to even draft uh, the Jalen Newell, he's a guy from UW, from, where, from my neck of the woods. He was a Pac-12 player of the year, and he's probably going to be a late second rounder. And the kid is, he's got enough talent to play in the NBA. He's 6'3". He's got a 40-inch vert. He's got the tools. He's just not. He's older, but so was Trey, or so was uh, Devonte Graham. So you've got opportunities to have guys come in who have maybe a similar skill set as Monk, but are going to be a lot cheaper. And that's how you win in the NBA. You got to have five or six guys who are on rookie deals, so you can pay those max contracts, which we can't pay right now because we don't have those young guys. That, that are performing. That's what happens when you go on a five-year freaking draft uh, bender and you can't pick a guy who can, you know, give you 22 minutes a game. So uh, that's that's where I think for that. We, got, we really have to lean into this. 